children open the shoe boxes they're so excited those faces just transform yeah these kids behind me are so excited because they've just received their boxes the mouth is wide open the voice is raised smiles are all over that box brings joy we're right now in Phnom Penh in Cambodia I mean it's just been incredible kids are so excited giving them a gift do it in jesus name and that's what this is all about it's a gospel opportunity is the chance for the children to change the entire life that's what i love about operation christmas child it knows no borders and knows no boundaries it's all about sharing the name of jesus christ churches are doing big things with operation christmas child Everybody out there who packs shoe boxes, they are spreading God's love. It's families, it's churches, it's hundreds of thousands of volunteers that help make Operation Christmas Child so successful. We couldn't do it without them. With this box, they do get the gospel story. They do hear about Jesus. It has maximum impact in the worldwide kingdom of Christ. I mean, what better thing could you do than be involved in fill shoe boxes? Some of them go by train, some go by camels, some go by ships. These boxes go all over the world, and that is only the beginning. After receiving the shoe boxes, the children will be invited to go to the greatest journey, which is a 12-lesson discipleship program where they learn about the greatest gift, which is Jesus Christ. After a child completes the greatest journey, they graduate and receive a Bible in their own language. When the light of the gospel is turned on, 
that changes everything. Churches are being planted, lives are being changed, communities are being transformed. The word of God is spreading. The gospel is advancing. It is impacting children. It is impacting families. It is impacting the world greatly. Thank you for praying. Thank you for giving. I would like to ask you to consider packing shoeboxes year-round. God will bless, and God will use your gift to touch the life of a child and to be able to do it in Jesus' name. So thank you. Thank you for being a part of it. God bless each and every one. church family. As many of you know, here only believe we have a nursing home ministry. This year, we were thinking maybe we could bless the residents with Christmas cards. Um, a way that we can do this is to get your whole family involved. You can make, uh, make cards, you can buy cards. We really don't care how you do it. Just be sure to include Jesus. What you're going to do is you're going to fill those out and you're going to drop them off at the Welcome Center. And if you have any questions, contact me or John and Marie Hall. Well, welcome, family of faith. How are you guys doing this evening? It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Well, why don't you turn to a neighbor and tell him that you're glad to see him here tonight. And live streamers, we are so glad that you've joined us. If you can, drop a heart below. Let us know you're watching. And also share the stream so that you can spread the gospel to everyone on your social media pages. And the next thing that I have, if you're a first-time guest, there is a card in the back of the pew that you can fill out, and you can bring it out to the Welcome Center. We'd love to meet you and get to know you tonight. And the next thing that I have here is um, live stream also. Just a reminder, live stream is also a great way. If you're not feeling well and you have to stay home, you can still stay connected with your family of faith here. And the last thing that I have is we are doing a Christmas card collection for residents in nursing home. And we actually need 800 Christmas cards. <laughs> That's what the goal is. So if you guys can do some cards with your family, buy cards. We just set up a station out in the lobby where you can make cards. But it's just a great way to be a light to them, especially right now in this season with everything that's going on. So get your family together, make some cards, and let's just spread some hope. Amen? All right. You guys ready to worship? Get on your feet with us tonight.
He's worthy. You're worthy, Jesus. You're worthy, Jesus. You're worthy. You deserve every ounce of praise. Every ounce of honor is due unto you. You're worthy. You're holy. You're holy. Yes, Jesus. For I spoke a word. You are singing all of me.
and offerings. You know, Sunday is our Thanksgiving offering in which we prepare for. I'm asking you to prepare in your heart what God would want you to give in the Thanksgiving offering. But I want to applaud you because this is something different than your tithes. Our tithes is what we do, right? Because God asks us to and out of our obedience and our faith in what his word says that he will do and perform in our lives. So it's a way that we honor him with our worship, our devotion to him. But our Thanksgiving offering, which will be on Sunday, is different. It's an offering. And what we're doing is we're asking that you give thanks for what he's done in your life. You know what? But wait, it doesn't stop there. Maybe there's something that you've been believing God for, something you've been using your faith for. You know that you can give a seed in lieu of that miracle happening in your life? Do you know that you could sow a seed on Sunday for someone's salvation? Maybe your workplace that you've been believing God for and say, God, I thank you with this Thanksgiving offering. I put this and give it to you because I know that your word is true and I've been believing God for Martha's soul. God, and something's gonna break. So I'm asking you, be sure this week that you give it prayerful consideration what the Lord would have you do for the offering that we're going to take on Sunday. But I really tonight just wanted in this season of Thanksgiving to say thank you to you. 
because you know that God is pleased when you give your tithes and offerings according to the word of God. That pleases him. That faith that you release when you give it makes him pleased with you. So let's get our tithes and offerings ready tonight as we give. Father, we just thank you, Lord. Father, we bring our tithes and our offerings into the storehouse tonight. Father, we bring them in. Father, knowing that your word is not a lie. God, that if you said it, we believe it. If you said it, we can count on it and take it to the bank. Now, Father, we stand tonight, God, that as we give our tithe, Father, and bring it into this storehouse, Father, you said you would open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon your people that we could not contain. Father, I remind you of your words, and I thank you for it, Lord. Now, come and give your tithes and offerings. I want to remind you, if you have missions, you'll have to hold those till Sunday, and we'll bring out the mission globe then. Thank you. Hallelujah. Well, bless the Lord. Somebody said the devil is in trouble. One thing we have to understand is that the devil is a real devil. Not just an influence. He's not just a presence. He's not just an attitude. He is a real supernatural being. And that he is involved in the destruction of the earth as well as the destruction of our lives our plans our purposes he hates god and hates everything that god loves and so he is our enemy he is our adversary he is uh, the uh, one that seeks to kill and to steal we have to be aware of him and not just nonchalantly believe in him we need to aggressively always look at, is the devil involved? And uh, so let's go to Mark, the 16th chapter. I want to talk to you tonight very quickly about the authority of the believer. This is probably one of the greatest neglected places of a believer's life. We have authority. Authority is the God-given, declared right to exercise power against. Let me say that again. Authority is 
the God-given right to exercise power against. Number one, you do have power. And number two, you need to exercise it. The devil is well aware of what will happen if you use your authority. He knows that he has to bend. He knows he will have to bow. And he knows that he will have to flee. So in Mark, the 16th chapter, and in verse 15, Jesus says unto them, Go ye into all of the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils, and shall they speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hand on the sick, and they shall recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following, amen. So here we see that Jesus gives to the church. This is a personal declaration to 12 disciples. These 12 disciples are to teach every other disciple from that moment on the exact same thing that Jesus said to them in order for them to be able to live, be able to preach, and to be able to demonstrate the authority of that name. Now, that name has been given to Jesus because of a few things in his life. Number one, Jesus has a name above every name. His name shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. That name is given to him because of his virgin birth. It is a sovereign proclamation from God about Jesus Christ. Secondly, Jesus has a name above every name because of a holy life. He was without sin. Number two is because he was an obedient servant unto the Lord in whom no sin was found. Number three, Jesus has a name above every other name because not only did he die, shed his blood, but he was buried, and on the third day he rose from the dead. Jesus has these names that are given to him that no other man or woman has ever possessed. This name is not just the name of a man. It is the name of God. Could I get an amen? And so when we start looking at these, the Bible says in Philippians 2, 9, that Jesus has been given a name, a name that is... Uh, above that is to be recognized in the heavens, in the earth, and under the earth. In other words, it is a name that dominates, moves, 
and three worlds respond to the power in that name. That name will work for you and I just as it worked for any other disciple in the Scripture. In fact, when we look at the Scriptures, it is an unveiling of what that name will do in our life in present modern-day times. Could again get an amen? We sometimes become nonchalant about the name of Jesus. We hear it cursed, we hear it slandered, we hear it blasphemed, but we must never allow that to take away the sacredness and the power of the authority that is behind that name. It is a name that empowers you and I to rule demonic powers and to transform things that need to be changed in this world. Could again get an amen? Jesus said this in, in the power of that name. Whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he will do it. So we understand that God is subject to that name. And then we understand that the earth is subject to that name. The Bible says that we could speak to a mountain and command it to be cast into the sea, and it would obey us. We understand that the storms and the winds that Jesus brought to a place that the disciples could get to the other side was based on the power of his name. So we as Christians can alter things in the earth by mentioning that name. And then we know that Jesus told us, in my name you shall cast out devils. Now we as believers have a God-given right to use that name for answered prayer, to deal with things in the earth, to deal with problems, but we also have that name to rule over the devil. Come on, to rule over the devil. And so we as Christians need to begin to exercise our God-given authority. Remember, Jesus said these words, I will send you forth as lambs among the wolves. What does that mean? Jesus was the lamb that taketh away the sins of the earth, but he came in power of the Holy Ghost and in authority. Somebody say authority. So we understand that as Jesus came into the earth to fight the same adversary that you and I are engaged with today, we are equipped with the same uh, powers and abilities that he was anointed with or empowered with, with the Holy Ghost, somebody say the Holy Ghost, and the name. We have authority. And Jesus said when we cast him out. Now where does Satan rule? He rules over men's lives. Amen? He rules over their lives in the form of alcoholism, in the form of perversions, in the form of addictions, in the form of drugs. He rules over people's lives and he dominates them. But you and I, you and I have the ability to exercise our authority by God to set the captive 
free. Amen? Jesus said, whosoever sins you remit. And that word remit doesn't just mean to forgive, but it means to not only forgive, but to release from the penalty that holds people bound to their sin. So when we remit men and women's sins, we set them free. Amen? The name of Jesus is more powerful than drugs, than alcohol, than mental disease, than divorce, than brokenness, than poverty, any type of addiction. The name of Jesus will set every captive free every time it is mentioned by a believer. Amen. So you and I have this God-given authority. It's not questionable. It's not negotiable. We have the authority to cast out devils, to destroy his rule over people's lives. Now, we sometimes always think the natural. We're all the time, because we live in this world where our senses are constantly engaged with people, constantly engaged in people's problems, constantly engaged with the answers that people rely on. And sometimes our senses become as much dependent upon the world's source instead of God's source. And we forget that sickness and disease are subject to the believer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? We remember the miracle at the gate beautiful. The Bible says a man was crippled from his mother's womb. He had never walked. But Jesus and uh, Peter and John come down and it would, they were going up to the temple. And if you've ever been to Jerusalem, everything about the temple is upward. And they were coming and they were walking up the steps to go up to the house of the Lord. And so they saw this man crippled. And this man looked upon Peter and upon John and the, he said, uh, begging them for alms. And Peter says, silver and gold have I none. In other words, Jesus, Peter wasn't trying to tell him, I'm broke. I don't believe that Peter and John were broke. They came from a city called Capernaum. Capernaum was one of the fishing uh, harbors off of the Sea of Galilee. And if you go there today, it is noted that it is one, was one of the richest places in Jerusalem. In other words, in Israel, this place called Capernaum was a place of enterprise. It was a place where men distributed food to the whole nation. And so Peter and John came from a very rich background. They had ships. They had boats. They had employees. Now, when we look at that, we think about Peter's mother-in-law's house being right next to the temple. That was a very pricey piece of real estate. 
And uh, she, was, she lived there, and I'm presuming that Peter might have had a hand in getting her there, believing that she needed more of God than anybody, and that there, her, his wife probably thought that her, her mother deserved the best. And I'm not saying that mother-in-laws don't deserve the best, but uh, it only works one way. One mother-in-law gets the best, the other gets the crumbs. And uh, anyway, Peter and John were rich men. And remember that Peter even said about the rich man, said, look, we've given away lands and homes. What will be given to us? And Jesus said, a hundredfold in this world and in the world to come, eternal life. So these men went up to the temple. And this man was crippled from his mother's womb. Now, I'm sure that his mother tried to get him uh, restored, healed, tried everything that could possibly be tried, yet the young man was still crippled. And it was legal for Israel to take those that could not work. They really did not have a welfare, welfare system. They had a system of where people would care for others that were less fortunate than them, and it had to do with the gratuity system of Israel so that when they saw the poor or the blind, the halt, that they would minister to them. And it was as we considered the poor, they lend to the Lord and the Lord will repay. And so it was a place where they cared for those people, that man had a right. You know, Israel doesn't have a welfare system today. If you don't have a place to live, if you're homeless, if you don't have a job and you can't find one, they take you out into a place called the kibbutz. And the kibbutz is a section of Israel where people farm and they plant and they sow and they harvest. And what they do is they put you in one of those kibbutz with a family that makes sure that they're going to get all they need to get out of you until you leave. So the attitude is they're going to work you like a dog until you get enough sense to pack your stuff and go get a job. And so their sense was the kibbutz. And uh, so a lot, a lot of times people just don't realize that if you cause people to work, they get value. And getting value, then they are able to rise up because they think more of themselves than what their situation declares about them. And so Peter and John are going up to the temple Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. The answer of all men's problems are found in Jesus himself. And the Bible says, Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. Give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And then Peter having faith in that name, reached down and lifted the man up by the hand. Strength came to his leg, and he went leaping and jumping, shouting and praising God into 
the temple. The name of Jesus glorifies and verifies all of the work that Jesus and the Scripture declares that he did. If it, the name of Jesus declares that he had been raised from the dead, you can find that in Acts 4.40, that God has given him a name, called him both Lord and Christ, and by faith in that name, this man stands before you whole. So we have to understand that faith in that name, faith in that name glorifies God. It glorifies his son. It declares that Jesus was the righteous one. It declares that he is born of God, he is the seed of God, and he is the only begotten of God. Could I get an amen? No other name can produce the results that the name of Jesus produces in the life of the church and in the life of any believer. You can mention Mohammed, you can mention Allah, you can mention any other name, but there is no name given unto men whereby they must be and can be saved except by the name of Jesus. Now, you and I have been given that name. Why did Peter say, in the name of Jesus, that which I have, give I unto thee? We find the answer in Matthew, the 10th chapter and verse 1. Matthew 10, 1. The name of Jesus, the name of Jesus is worthy to be praised, it is worthy to be honored, and it is worthy to be used for results in destroying the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of Satan. And it says in Matthew 10, 1, and when he had called unto him, <coughs> excuse me, unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits. Somebody say power. power. To cast them out. To cast them out. And to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. In other words, the name of Jesus Christ gives the believer power and authority to extract it from a human life, all sickness and disease. All sickness and disease. Now, the name of the 12, and it goes on down, and let's just go down to verse 5. Then the, then the 12 Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentile and into any of the cities of the Samaritans enter you not. But go ye rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal 
Does anybody have a, any of the word between is at hand and heal? Is there another word in another translation? There is no other word. This is not a guessing game. This is not a game of questions. This is not a game of maybe or might. It is the reality that will follow every believer in the name of Jesus Christ. Every believer. And it says, as you go, you preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand, heal the sick. Now this tells me that healing is not between God and man. It is a confrontation between man and Satan. Man and sickness, a personality. It is something that man is confronting not that God is withholding. Could I get an amen? It says, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely ye have received, now freely give. Freely give. Every believer has the ability to use the name to keep their self, their family, their household, and their children free from sickness and disease. Come on, you have freely received. Amen. You say, well, sometimes I mention the name of Jesus and it doesn't happen. Jesus cast out devils and sometimes in the same hour it came out. In other words, don't be moved by the shenanigans of time. Be rooted by the truthfulness of the unchangeable God. Amen. And you have to resist the devil. In other words, you have to resist all of his offers of evidence that it didn't work. You have to resist it. You have to say, no, the name of Jesus has been mentioned. See, because we don't preach the name of Jesus, because we don't use it as we should, then understand that it becomes very watered down. We have people in the name of thy holy child. I pray, God, that you would do this in the name of Christ. I pray, God, that this would, you would do this in the name of your Son. No, it's the name of Jesus. It's not the name of Christ. You say, oh, you're picking things away. I'm not picking things away. I'm just simply reading the Bible and not allowing you or anyone else to put anything in there that is not God-ordained. Amen. So we as believers have to mention the name of Jesus. 
and we mention that name, and when we mention that name, we are to encourage our children, our spouses, the people that we are praying with, that from that moment on, they believe. And that means that we respond in belief and the people that we pray for responds in belief. Amen? So we begin to thank God. Remember that we receive the same spirit of faith that according as it is written, that he that believeth speaks or says what he believes. 2 Corinthians 4.13 You and I, once the name is mentioned, we must agree that it's done. Now we fight the fight of faith. Oh, but man, how long does it take? When you start the first fight, it may take longer than it does three years later. Three years later, your faith will have been exercised and it will be strong and your results will become quicker than they do when the devil is trying to persuade you to forsake your faith. Amen. Your faith will be as strong in areas that you choose to make it strong in. And we need to be strong in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? See, we go to people and we say, hey, would you pray for me? I know that God hears you. No, God doesn't hear the individual. He responds to the name that any individual will use. Amen. Nobody has more access to God than anyone else that uses their faith. So we need to begin to exercise. When you pray, write it down and refuse to give up in the next two minutes the next five hours, the next six days, the next seven days, because the name of Jesus is above every name that is in heaven, in the earth, and under the earth. And God will respond. Could I get an amen? So let us begin to use our faith in the name. We have been given a legal right to use that name. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Let's go to uh, Luke, the 10th chapter. Luke, the 10th chapter. I know we're already quoting, well, behold, I give you power, but we're going to go to Luke to 10.1. Luke 10.1. And it says, after these things, the Lord appointed other 70. Now, the reason that it says other 70 is over in Luke 9, 1. He called the 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure all diseases. The authority. What was the authority? The name. Do you know that the disciples used the name before it was commissioned upon Jesus? Because the name had already been given to Jesus because of his birthright, the virgin birth. 
his, uh, also his uh, relationship with God. He was the son of the living God. These names were bestowed upon Jesus. Then they were confirmed with power and might after his resurrection. But the disciples one time said, hey, we saw somebody casting out devils in your name. We told him to chill out and stop. Jesus said, listen, leave him alone. There's no man that does a miracle in my name that can lightly speak evil of me. In other words, Jesus was saying, miracles are in the one's life that uses the name. The name. And then Jesus calls the 70, because some would say, well, it was just the 12, but now we have 70. And it says the Lord of appeared unto other 70, appointed unto other 70 also, and sent them two by two before his face into every city and every place whither he himself would come. And that's what we're doing when we preach the gospel. When we demonstrate the power of God, the authority and the glory in that name, we are going before him so that when he returns, there will be a harvest in the city that he comes to. And then it says, Therefore he said unto them, The harvest is truly great, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth labors into the harvest. Go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among the wolves. If the lamb didn't have power, they would be consumed. But the weaker rules the greater because of authority. Carry neither purse nor scrip nor shoes and salute no man by the way. And in whatsoever house you enter in, first say, Peace be to this house. And if the Son of Peace be there, your peace shall rest upon it. If not, it shall return unto you again. And in the same house remain, eating and drinking such things that they give, for the labor is worthy of his hire. Do not go not from the house, the house to house, and into whatsoever city you enter, and they receive you, eat such things as you have set before you. Now watch this and heal the sick that are therein if they agree or if they can or if it's not too hard. And say unto them, The kingdom of God is come and is nigh unto thee. Whatsoever city ye enter in, there receive you. Go your ways out into the streets of the same and say. So here again, Jesus gives us power and authority over all diseases and over all devils. Amen? Over all diseases and over all devils. All diseases and all devils. All diseases and all devils. All diseases and all devils. And we want to exercise our faith in that.
Could again, amen? All right, let's now go to Luke, the 10th chapter and verse 17. These are the returning of the 70. They now have been writing testimonies about what Jesus has done. And it says, And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning falling from heaven. Now, that is not a past tense. That is not a future tense. That was a present tense activity that Jesus saw Satan when the 70 used that name as his kingdom being loose over the realm of rule over men and women in this earth. And every time that he was cast out, his kingdom was seen as falling because Satan rules over every man as sickness and disease dominate him. But when sickness and disease are gone, then Satan's rule is gone also. Amen? And so here he says, I saw him as lightning falling from heaven. These are the places that Satan has established over people's lives. Sickness and disease is the enthronement of Satan's control in your life. It's not natural for people to be sick or your body wouldn't respond to it in a negative way. Amen? Don't you wish that getting fat was not normal for people? And your body would respond to it and make sure that you don't get fat? Well, that doesn't happen. But it's not normal for your body to be sick. If it was, Jesus would have never come and healed those that were bound and oppressed by the devil. Jesus never would have told us to lay hands on the sick and they would recover if sickness was normal. Now, I do understand that we all say, well, you know, we're getting old and, you know, things get creaky and things get this and things get that. I understand all that, but I don't know that it's all true. I don't know that we have to be creaky boards just because we're getting old. Amen? I, I'm not sure that we have to just give up everything because we're getting old. It's like we make plans waiting for death to catch us. Amen? Don't make plans. Here's what I found out. People that are on the move don't die. It's when they sit down that death catches them. So keep moving. Amen? Just keep moving, praise God. Hallelujah. <clears throat> and then it says in uh, verse 18, And he said unto them, Behold, I beheld Satan as lightning falling from heaven. Behold, I give you power. Now, what does the word mean, give you? What does it mean? 
It means I give you. It means I don't have it anymore. Amen? Jesus is watching over his word and his name, but the believer must exercise the release of faith in it. And it says, I give you power to tread on serpents, scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now, in all of this, don't rejoice, but rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. That's more important. But it does bring us joy when we see the name of Jesus magnified over the devil's power and see people set free from his dominion and his rule. Amen? Now, some of us would say, but I've had this all my life. Well, that's fine. You can start changing it and get free of it the rest of your life. All you need to do is say, in the name of Jesus, whatever it is, I command you to leave my body. You might say, but what if it doesn't go? Then I would encourage you to study the scriptures on the name before you do it. Because that is a statement of unbelief. You believe in the name of Jesus to save you, right? Do you doubt that all the time just because you don't glow at night? Well, absolutely you don't. You tell everybody you're saved, even though there are times that you aren't acting safe, times that you are distancing yourself from anything that even remotely declares that you're saved. And we all go through those things. I'm not condemning you, but what I'm saying is that once you declare it, write it down, what you believe took place when you mentioned the name. Now, fight the fight of faith. What is the fight of faith? The fight of faith is you adhering to what you believe instead of the evidence that you see. That's the fight. And it is a spiritual one. And it does involve your mind because you can become double-minded. It does involve your mouth because you can speak something that is not as though it is, and you can do that like, well, you know, I mentioned the name of Jesus, but it didn't work. It did work. But now you're speaking things that are not as though they are. See, you are reversing faith. Don't speak negativity. If God said it worked, it worked. Oh, but, but, but pastor, I'm a realist. No, you're born again. And you are born from above, and you are born from beneath. 
and the identity of your birthright in heaven supersedes your birthright from the earth. Amen? And you don't walk by sight, you walk by faith. This Bible tells you what happened. This Bible tells you what is going on. This Bible tells you the end result. God does not fail, nor does he lie. And if you think God is a liar, I'd get out now. Now, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I wouldn't bank on eternity if God was a liar. I wouldn't bank on anything if God was a liar. I wouldn't trust him for anything. I wouldn't pray. I wouldn't serve him. I wouldn't do anything if he was a liar. God doesn't lie. Man will lie. The devil's the father of all lies. Circumstances will lie. Evidence will lie. But God will not lie. And it's time for us to start living in the authority of the believer. And I mean drawing lines and being firm in what we said. Start teaching our children to stop speaking out of both sides of their mouth. And we need to start having our children embrace the faithfulness of God as Jesus went with them and confirmed his word with sign following. You have authority over the devil. You can set people free that are, over, that are bound by drugs, alcohol. Yes, your children. Yes, your nieces and nephews. Yes, people that will let you come in to their households. Yes, whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted. The devil is terrorized of you. But we don't need to be terrorized of the devil. Amen? Let us get up, let us go, let us preach, and then let us demonstrate the name of Jesus Christ. Let's stand to our feet. <coughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Jesus, the name above every name. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus, the devil trembles. We are victorious. We are the lights of the world. That which the name has ever done, it will continue to do. What it did in the lives of those that told their stories, God, it will do in our lives today. It will declare, God, our authority in the kingdom of heaven, in the earth and under the earth. And every devil and every demon and every sickness and every disease, every plan and every purpose, every storm, God will be calmed at the mention of the name of Jesus. We as your people, washed in your blood, declared overcomers, 
declared victorious. For we are in him and he is in us. God, that name above every name, it is our right to use it. And tonight, we take it, God, out of the places that we've let it lie dormant. And God, we will use it to glorify Jesus, to declare He is the only begotten Son, to declare He was born of a virgin, to declare that He was Emmanuel, to declare that He is Jehovah, to declare that He is Emmanuel, to declare that He is God among us, Counselor, Prince of Peace, Almighty God. We will declare that His blood has sanctified us we will declare that he has been raised from the dead and he has conquered hell and death. God, we thank you for that wonderful name, that wonderful name of Jesus. Amen and amen. God, I loose and pronounce blessing upon every individual, every household, every family, every business in this place tonight. In the name of Jesus, bless them, and I thank you for it. Amen and amen. God bless you. See you Sunday morning. <coughs> Hallelujah.